Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Missoula Hellgate head football coach Mick Morris is stepping down. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Morris, who has been Hellgate's head coach for six seasons, has taken an assistant principal position at Helena Capital. Morris posted an 8-46 and record while the head coach at Hellgate, a mark that doesn't completely tell the story of one of Class AA's most difficult jobs. The Knights won just 11 total games against 112 losses between 2004 and 2016 when Morris first took over. Morris's first year, Hellgate had to play a junior varsity schedule, and the following year, the Knights went 0-10. In September of 2018, Raleigh Wooster, now a basketball player at the University of Utah, Morris and the Knights stood a 28-20 win over Great Falls CMR, snapping a 57-game losing streak. Following week, the Knights beat Billings Skyview, making the team's first winning streak in more than a decade. Morris, a Butte native, spent three seasons leading Conrad before taking the Hellgate job, which included a semifinal run in the Class B playoffs in 2014. The NFL Draft begins tonight at 6 p.m. Full coverage can be heard right here on ESPN. ESPN Radio. Former Montana State Do Everything star Troy Anderson is expected to be one of the first 75 players selected. The Dillon product was an All-American at four positions, including most recently at outside linebacker, and will likely be the highest-drafted player out of the Big Sky Conference since Eastern Washington's Cooper Cuff went in the third round of the 2016 draft to the Los Angeles Rams. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
I'm greater than all MCs. When I breeze, give me room, please. I be like fascinating when I be updating, cutting off white kids, pulling their trump cards. I thump hard and make them say that I'm God. Be pretending they're hardcore. Never know the meaning of. But I get props like a. You know you're living your dream when you think to yourself, what's one of my favorite things to do in the world? And then you realize it's go through trading cards and listen to music. And I'm just doing that in between breaks here on ESPN Radio. What a great, what a great job this is. Nuanas now. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you're having a great week. Happy Thursday. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Got things kicked off with a phenomenal interview. A guy with deep Montana roots who is one of our inductees to the Montana Football Hall of Fame, Robert Rides of the Door, a native of Browning, Montana, who worked as a liaison and uh, ultimately a guest services specialist for the Washington Redskins for more than a decade and a guy that uh, has represented his people in a variety of different fashions. Great insight from Robert, what it's like uh, representing the Blackfeet Nation on the national scale, the highest-ranking executive in the NFL since Jim Thorpe was the president of the National Football League in 1920, highest-ranking Native American executive, that is. So was, we were happy to be joined by Robert. We also talked to Michael Ray Richardson, gave you a little lesson. He will also join us tomorrow at 4.30, so that will be very fun. Part of the uh, Gray Wolf Peak Casino remote broadcast we'll be doing from up there on Evero Hill. We also talked about some transfer portal stuff, specifically former Grizz receiver Gabe Solser on his way to the University of Texas. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as the Advocates. All right, let's talk a little NFL draft. Yee-hoo! So, my first, we're going to do a little buy-sell. So, my first question for you is, I guess, before we do buy-sell, I actually have a, a broad question for you because I actually want to know your opinion on this. So often the coverage of and the viewership of the NFL draft centers upon the quarterbacks. And we've had some really good classes of quarterbacks lately and some really good quarterbacks coming to the league that were just so game-changing, team-changing, franchise-changing right away, whether it's you know Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or uh, Justin Herbert. This year's class, to me, has no headliner and no future star. There could be some guys that become pretty good, okay quarterbacks, but there's not like that, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to change our franchise guy. At least maybe one of these guys proves me wrong, but it seems like there's not. How much does that impact your interest in this, if at all? And you're kind of an NFL guy, so maybe not you, but how much do you think it impacts the broad interest in this? And and uh, it's also interesting to think, even though there isn't a lot of quarterbacks, there's a lot of other guys in this draft as well. So it's sort of like the opposite of what we've seen lately, where it's quarterback heavy. This is like everything else heavy with a ton of great players, but the quarterbacks maybe not, not as good. Yeah, it's QB light. That's what I, sure. I, it's like Miller Lite. It's QB Lite. And uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm loving it. It is so, I would say the past 20 to, th- tw- since the Marino to LA connection of that t- hi- highly touted, what the was 80, that, 80, 83, 83, 84? LA, Marino, uh, Tony Jim, Easton, Jim, Ke- Jim, Jim Kelly, Kelly yeah. yeah. It's always been centered around the, the um, you know, give or take a couple of running backs here or there. It's always been centered around the quarterback. It is nice to hear people talking about offensive linemen, safety. Sure. It's like just actually going more into the depth at different positions other than these four quarterbacks, these three quarterbacks. It's nice that you get to see the shine put on other positions. Um, 
and from you and from other schools. Like a lot, a lot of these cats that are coming out, it's it's nice hearing about some mid tier schools. It's nice it, it, instead of always the quarterback sure, use the sure. same places, the SCs of the world. So I think it actually benefits the NFL sure. and it benefits football overall. Let's talk about some of the guys that are the headliners of this draft, namely the two edge guys that have been in the uh, conversation most for the number one pick. I, I find it interesting because oftentimes we're debating the number one guy as a quarterback, and we've seen him slide up and down, and we've seen that so often, whether it's Matt Leiner or Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. There's always like that one guy, even Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, that were like controversial or like that people didn't know if a team would take the number one pick with them or not. Now, though, it seems like it's down to Aiden Hutchinson, Kevon Thibodeau, uh, Hutchinson of Michigan, Kevon Thibodeau of Oregon, and then, or maybe Trayvon Walker, one of the big offensive linemen, or maybe the edge guy out of Georgia, Trayvon Walker. So it's sort of in flux. But my, my first buy sell for you is are you buying or selling Aiden Hutchinson? Because some people, he was kind of like the consensus guy two weeks ago. It's fallen off a little bit. Sell. I sell. I was watching some uh, some clips on him last night. The guy has a motor. He has actually some pro-level moves. For but sure. he's also really stiff. He's really yeah, robotic. I think I think he would have uh, um, trouble with an, a, a very athletic tackle coming off the edge. He's, he's, not, he's not a Ben player to me. He's, he's, he's almost like Frankenstein. Once he lurches into you and he gets you going and moves you, that's great. But if you gotta, if you got to wiggle around with him... Uh, I, I fear that his he's not going to be as ready as people are, are presuming him to be. Interesting analysis. Okay. Uh, and I think I think scouts are sort of seeing it. So then my next buy-sell for you is Trevon Walker or any of the other guys that played for the Georgia defense, not necessarily as the number one overall pick, but as prospects in this draft. Because in my opinion, I said this on the show yesterday, I'm buying that all day. I think they had seven or eight First-round caliber players on that defense. It was one of the most ridiculously talented defenses I've ever seen. I this he's legit. I think that whole Georgia that that front seven, even going back to the year before last, when like Aziz Ojolari was playing there yep. in front of the Trayvon. Yep. Uh, that's legit. Uh, they are just like a good potato chip, salty. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yep. they just they, that is just that he is he's legit. I like him. Um, I like the kid out of Oregon, even though I, I feel like he takes a lot of plays off. Pretty he, he, consistently inconsistent, but has the tools to be very good at the next level. So I want to ask you about that dynamic because I've always been a guy that gravitates away from like if you if you're a freak athlete and you test super well and your film when you're watching you do the best you can do is great, but there's not that much film of you doing the best you can do. I'm, I'm skeptical of those kind of guys. Like, if you really are good enough to be a, a, a number two overall pick as a defensive end out of a Power 5 school, why didn't you just have, like, 35 sacks in college? Why not? I don't understand that, and that's sort of where we're at with Thibodeau. He did not produce nearly at the level of what you'd think his prodigious athleticism would translate to. Well, I also don't understand... I'm not trying to knock the Pac-12, but when sure. I look at some of the tackles that he went up against... Right. They're not the same guys in the SEC. Come Bingo! I love you, Colts. Yeah. Juana is exactly like you should. You should have been manchild in these fools. Like <laughs> right. you, I mean, you, you, you showed flashes, and when you did, you were ridiculous. Yeah. Like top ten dude in the country. But then some of those like twenty, you know, those in between plays, the play twenty five to like thirty eight to forty nine. You know, you remind me of a young Randy Moss taking plays off. The guys from Georgia, Nuana's now ESPN Radio doing a little NFL draft buy sell. Forty five minutes from now, we will have. The NFL Draft live here on ESPN Radio. But the Georgia guys that are slated to go in the uh, first round no, in no particular order, Trayvon Walker, 
his name has been up and down that top ten, and he's getting hype as even a top three guy uh, as late as going into tonight. Uh, you also have Nicobe Dean, mm. who was an outstanding uh, player on that Georgia defense. Jordan Davis, who was probably the star of the NFL Combine as a defensive tackle. Um, How does it do that big move that way? And then you also had Devontae Wyatt uh, from Georgia, who's also projected as a first-round guy. And uh, so I want to pause there on, on Jordan Davis. I, I've heard some interesting scouts on this guy because, on one hand, as a, as a first-year draft-eligible player, in other words, a guy that's only in college for the, the minimum of three years, he is 6'6", 348 pounds, and he ran a 4.78 seconds in the 40. He also showed tremendous explosion in the vertical and horizontal jumps. Yet the analysis of him is twofold. One, can he produce when he's not on the elite unit in the entire country? And two, can he produce for any sustainable number of snaps? Because I don't think he, I think the stat was he did not play more than 38 snaps in a single game in his college career. So people are worried about his conditioning and, and his longevity and uh, his, his uh, durability. That said, if you're that big, that strong, and that explosive, I don't think any of that matters. No, I think... They're not running more than about 60 plays in the NFL anyways, period. man. Period. Like, Aaron Donald's period. only playing, like, 45 plays a game. Like, period. Like, Miles Garrett's only playing 45, 50 plays a game. Like, if you can play 35 plays and you're at a high level like him, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why his stock isn't into the top 10. I, I think he's one of, if not the best dudes from Georgia. I think so, too. I think what you want to do is put him in a situation or on a team that will utilize him in the best way. For me right now, who needs to pick this cat up? The Baltimore Ravens. I See, think- and I saw that. That's where Sports Illustrated has him going. This is the other thing I find fascinating is when you're consistently pretty good, consistently consistent, like the Ravens, all of a sudden you're never drafted in the top 10, but you're going to get these value-added picks at 14 through 19 or totally. whatever. I mean, like, once upon a time, they had the best defense in the league, and C.J. Mosley's just sitting there when Ray Lewis is retiring. Like, talk about the good fortune in that. This could be another one where totally. they need some more inside help. If, if he landed in Baltimore, perfect fit. He'd be good. I think Baltimore would be a good fit for him. Tampa Bay would be a good fit for him. New Orleans would be a good fit for him. The Patriots would be a good fit for him. Just because of the coaching styles, schemes, and situations there, uh, he would be natured, nurtured, and turned into something greater than what he already is. The other dynamic of this that I find fascinating is how pro-ready these guys are. That's why the first couple rounds of the draft are so heavily watched and so heavily covered and so heavily talked about now, though, because it used to be, even if you're getting great players, you don't really expect those guys to contribute until year two or three. You don't really have to even know that they can contribute till then. Now, especially if you're taking skill guys anywhere in the top 75 picks, you're drafting that dude to start for you right now. You're drafting him to be a playmaker for you right now. And so do you think that puts more pressure on the teams to, to get it right? I think it's, that's totally contingent upon what team you, you speak of. Like sure. when I, I look at, you know, if, if you're talking Seattle, it's, it's a non-issue. You're talking Jacksonville. Right. It's an issue. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's about everything else that surrounds the player. Speaking of the Jaguars, they do have the number one overall pick. They have been waffling all over the place, or at least the leaks coming out of the Jags have been. But they they took Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick last year. They added quite a few uh, offensive guys, although they overpaid for the receivers egregiously. They still added offensive guys in free agency. Evan Ingram. 
Oh, sorry, called him. <laughs> well, James Robinson, a former FCS down there, who's a good player, but they franchised him today, and they're giving him something like, I don't even know. I can't even remember what the exact salary was, but it was a crazy number. Christian for, Kirk money. I'm telling sure. you. I know. That, that said, though, Buddy. even though they did, regardless of what we evaluate of their offensive free agency or re-signings, if you were the Jaguars, where are you going with this pick? Maybe not who, but where? Offensive line, you got to protect See, Trevor I, Lawrence. I agree. Like, you've got to protect him. I agree, and that's why I think it's interesting that the, the edge guys like Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Walker, Walker are getting more hype than some of the offensive line guys. Because sometimes you you, you got to take the best player that's available. For sure. And even though if, if it, you say you need a safety, but you have this transcendent linebacker, wide receiver, tight end, you got to take it. Because sure. you, you just you can't. Not not take certain guys a certain, I don't even know, ilk, no, caliber, for sure, for like, sure, for sure. what have you. Yeah, that's that's the chess match that is the NFL draft. That's why the most stable franchises, do, like you said, it, it's about team, which team you're talking about. Because some of the most stable franchises in the NFL, they have way more leeway in the NFL draft. Because if you're the, uh, the Patriots aren't as good of an example right now as they were two years ago. But the traditional Bill Belichick Patriots for the last 20 right. years you kind of know exactly where, you, where you're at and where you need to fit pieces in. So you can, and, and also you don't have as high a risk because you're not taking in that top 15 picks Mm-mm. likely. Mm-mm. So that influences you a little bit as well. What do you think of the Giants? Where do they pick tonight? Five and uh, five and seven. Five and seven. Five uh, so and new, seven. R- Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Duanas. He's a, uh, a Giants fan. And uh, I think they could get some pretty good players at five and seven. I think you pick. What, a- what are their biggest needs though? Offensive line, tight end, yep. defensive end, and because the Giants did not pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, quarterback. Uh, they did not pick that up. They did not pick well, that up. that's good. That well, would have made talk radio in New York City melt to the ground if they oh, would have picked up the fifth-year option. They better. You do not draft quarterbacks out of Duke in the first <laughs> round. Actually, you don't draft Duke quarterbacks, period. Right. But you definitely don't draft in the first round. Only thing you draft out of Duke in the first round are wings and point guards. <laughs> that's right. Um uh, they should go offensive line. Yeah. I, I like the Icky Iquanu kid. For sure. Uh, and then I He's would. He's out of NC State. NC State. I would then take that seventh and move down and pick up more picks. Okay. Interesting. I would get seven, uh, give it up to someone who's in like that fi- uh, 13, 14, 15, pick that up, and then pick up a couple of second, third rounders where the I think sometimes better players come out of the draft in that second through fifth round. If they do stick at seven. Where do you think they need to go with that? What what position is most of need there? Uh, the Giants are in uh, this situation where I'm not going to say it's a good thing to be in this situation because it's why you're bad, but they have a lot of areas that they need help in so they can go with best player available. If oh they gosh. do stick at five and seven, right, they can go best player available and go offensive line or edge or corner or they what? can I go mean, safety. If uh, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame fell to there, they have to take him. You have right? to take him, especially when you look at what he could do paired with Xavier McKinney. For sure. Like, Xavier McKinney comes back from injury, several interceptions, uh, double-digit pass deflections, and, and they can also support in the box. Um you, you got to go that route. You got to take the best available. If they, if not for anything else, they could take anyone on any level on the defense to instantly help out. They need a linebacker. They need a defensive end, and they they need a safety as well. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're watching or listening on the ESPN Montana app. Thanks so much for being here, no matter how you're tuning in. Okay, so I'm talking about a stable franchise who's not used to being in this position. 
The Seattle Seahawks have a top 10 pick for the first time in a long time. If you're the Seahawks, right now you're basically rolling with um, Drew Locke as your quarterback with no more face of your franchise, Russell Wilson, there for the first time in more than a decade. So where are we at with the Seahawks? Do the Seahawks trade? Do they try to get, I mean, is Baker Mayfield in the mix? What are we doing here for Seattle? Drew is not a lock. <laughs> okay, true. that should be his middle name. I think Seattle got a lot of capital for Russ. Like, if you look at what Seattle uh, received in exchange for Russell Wilson, they, to me, have the most monopoly money at the table due to how many picks they have um, in the first three rounds due to the Russ Wilson trade. I think you can maybe have Drew Locke sit I would love to see Baker Mayfield in Seattle. I think that, that I think he actually complements that offense. Uh, parts of him, physicality. He's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Similar builds, uh, similar types of game. He's not as polished as Russ is, but would be a better stopgap quarterback than Drew unlocked. So I, I, I say trade for him or trade Drew away. Is Baker Mayfield the best quarterback available in this draft? Because there's a lot of talk that Baker Mayfield might get traded. I guess my question is, for as much heat as he takes, I still think he's better than the guys in this draft. And that's he's better re- than any dude in this draft that's right re- now. That's a referendum of the guys in this draft because Baker Mayfield's a very, what are we calling him, average NFL starter? Yeah, but he's also won at this level, played at this level, which sure. also gives him just, and he makes better commercials than any of those uh, well, college isn't guys. Isn't that part of the far. problem, though? He, his, yeah. his reputation and image is over-elevated from, compared to his performance? Totally, absolutely, absolutely. But it also remains to be seen. Look at the amount of talent that Cleveland had on paper, and they yeah. just weren't able to put it together, and that does not soul, uh, fall solely on his shoulders either. So um, maybe sometimes guys need a new scene. Look at Matt Stafford, best example of, sure. of, of, the, of the last five years. Change your scenery, change your game. Can't change your name, but you can change the situation. The My Minnesota Vikings, the last team on the earth that I have a rooting interest in. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's getting, it's getting down to it with the Kirk Cousins contract extension and things. I don't know. It's a pivotal, Buddy. <laughs> it's a pivotal year for me and the Vikings. Let's just say that. They picked 12th, though, and uh, there's going to be a lot of quality defensive guys there. Uh, as much as they need an offensive lineman, they also have some guys that have been the stalwarts of their defense for quite some time that are getting a little older. So I hope they go defense, and I hope they go defensive line. I think that there's going to be some quality edge guys there. Jordan Davis from Georgia, who we just talked about, he might be there as well. Uh, There's the big defensive end from Purdue uh, that might be available there as well. So I don't know. I mean, I would love them to draft an offensive lineman because that would then be one of the missing links for their uh, potentially stacked offense because they do have really good skill players and a terrible quarterback. Um, but, but but if the Vikings go defense, uh, that'll be, uh, I think, a good pick. I think a couple of the other spots where quality guys could fall, uh, the Chargers, they're still looking for one more piece on the offensive line to protect Justin Herbert. There could be some pretty good guys left there because I do think this is a deep offensive line class. The Packers at 22, this is going to be interesting to see because what did Aaron Rodgers scream and yell about over the last year or so anything so, well yeah, for sure but he was always talking about the franchise is not invested in me the franchise doesn't you know he's not they're not invested in our success offensively yada 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 he was one of the ones to sort of push the narrative that green bay hasn't used a first round pick in uh, on a running back or a quarterback or excuse me a running back or a receiver 
in more than 20 years. And he was the one that was sort of perpetuating that. On the other hand, though, you can say, okay, Green Bay doesn't want to hook up Aaron Rodgers because they don't draft uh, running backs and receivers uh, in the first round. Well, they draft Devontae Adams in the second round. He winds up, goes on to be the, the, one of the best receivers in the league. Totally. They, they got Aaron Jones, who's like, what, a probably top 12 back, top 10 back when yeah. he's healthy in the fifth round. So it's not as if they're misevaluating guys and not drafting good skill players. They are. It just doesn't happen to be in the first round. But with them at 22 and Devontae Adams on his way out to Vegas and Valdres uh, Scantling on his way out to Denver, there's some good receivers in this draft. How much noise is there going to be for the pack to pick from a skill spot, especially at, uh, at wideout? Well, the crazy thing about the wideout position is that there are a lot of cats in this draft. For sure. Um, more so than, than, than you know, the top, I would say, 20 receivers. There are a lot of good mid-tier receivers. For sure. And there are going to be a ton of unru- uh, rookie free agents as well. Sammy, I can. That's a nod to you out there, baby. Hope you're <laughs> listening. Um to me, there are a lot of there are a couple of home run hitters, but there are a lot of good doubles and triple hitters out there as well. Um, you know, for the baseball comparison to football, um, you you can't not pick a good receiver in this draft. Do the Packers have to do it though? Yes, they got to do it. Who's he going to throw to? He can't throw to himself. I, I do think that those two kids coming out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, are both nice. Love, also love him. Jameson Williams is very good out of Alabama as well. He's a guy that's kind of gotten overshadowed because they have had, um, you know, Heisman Devontae Smith and Heisman Trophy winners and Jalen Waddle. Waddle, boost. And uh, you know they've had a lot of really really good receivers and and. Jameson Williams maybe got a little bit overshadowed. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of pressure on the on the pack to go skill when that pick comes up at 22. We'll see. I think I, I think that's also – there are also some teams that don't have first-round picks. Sure. And sometimes those late 20, 25 to 31 picks, sometimes, hey, we're going to trade it so we can get two second rounds, three third rounds, and whatever other combination. The Packer needs someone to throw to right now. The stables are kind of empty. No one is now here. It's been radio, SWX Montana Television. Talk more NFL draft. Also talk some NBA playoffs. Also talk meeting some basketball Hall of Famers. All that next. Keep it right here. Don't change the channel. CSPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Missoula Hellgate head football coach Mick Morris is stepping down. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Morris, who has been Hellgate's head coach for six seasons, has taken an assistant principal position at Helena Capital. Morris posted an 8-46 and record while the head coach at Hellgate, a mark that doesn't completely tell the story of one of Class AA's most difficult jobs. The Knights won just 11 total games against 112 losses between 2004 and 2016 when Morris first took over. Morris's first year, Hellgate had to play a junior varsity schedule, 
and the following year, the Knights went 0-10. In September of 2018, Raleigh Wooster, now a basketball player at the University of Utah, Morris and the Knights stood a 28-20 win over Great Falls CMR, snapping a 57-game losing streak. Following week, the Knights beat Billings Skyview, making the team's first winning streak in more than a decade. Morris, a Butte native, spent three seasons leading Conrad before taking the Hellgate job, which included a semifinal run in the Class B playoffs in 2014. The NFL Draft begins tonight at 6 p.m. Full coverage can be heard right here on ESPN Radio. Former Montana State Do-Everything star Troy Anderson is expected to be one of the first 75 players selected. The Dillon product was an All-American at four positions, including most recently at outside linebacker and will likely be the highest-drafted player out of the Big Sky Conference since Eastern Washington's Cooper Cuff went in the third round of the 2016 draft to the Los Angeles Rams. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I could deep up, still coming up with lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole up. Ain't nothing. One of the great songs of hip-hop history, baby. Paid in full. Introducing the world to this. We're not. These guys were introducing the world to this genre of music way back in 1986. Pretty sweet, though. I was 12. I love it. I was negative one. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks for kicking with us here on a Thursday. Rajim Seabrook, little hip-hop reviews with me, Coulter Nuanas, here on your radio. Go download that ESPN Montana app. Great way to stream the show, listen to the show live or archived. Also, Grizz Cross Conference Tournament coming up next week in Boise and then Nationals the following week in Austin, Texas. You can follow along Jeff Safford on the call for all the Grizz Cross games. That can also be found on the ESPN Montana app. So uh, get that thing in your life if you don't have it already. Uh, the news of the day, Gabe Solser on his way to Texas. That's an interesting fold. Be very fascinating to see if he can get on the field there. He's a really, really talented kid. Uh, the Big 12 is a very, very <laughs> high level of football. So, uh, But if there's a kid that at least embraces challenges, I know he's had a checkered career here at Montana, be mostly because of injuries, but uh, he's a high-level guy. So we'll see. We'll see if he's that high of a level. But you got to give him all the credit in the world for trying. The other piece of news out of the prep football world here in Missoula, Mick Morris stepping down as Missoula Hellgate's head coach. He was at Hellgate for the last six seasons. And uh, it's just a tough job, man. They've only won 19 games since the turn of the century. So uh, whoever can get it going at a really high level, it's going to be tough. They got it going a little bit where they were at least competitive and they would win a couple games every year. Uh, but Mick Morris, he's going, uh, taking an administrative job at uh, Helena Capital. He's the dean of students there at Hellgate. A hearing assistant principal is the job he's taking at Helena Capital. So uh, Missoula Hellgate will have a new head football coach uh, upcoming. Rajim, let's talk first. Yes. NBA playoffs before we get back into some NFL draft stuff. Of course. A full slate uh, again tonight for the NBA playoffs. Uh, including three games, closeout opportunity in Toronto with the 76ers up 3-2 over the home team, the Raptors. Closeout opportunity in New Orleans tonight as well. Phoenix on the road at the New Orleans Pelicans. And then a closeout opportunity at 8 p.m. The Dallas Mavericks 
at the Utah Jazz. So three road teams with three closeout opportunities uh, could be interesting. The news, though, here is, and this game is about to tip, but Devin Booker says he's back in Phoenix, and that him being out has been a, a one of the reasons why New Orleans has been able to to hang tough. But what, what have you thought of this series? Because uh, New Orleans was the 10 seed. They won two play-in games to get here. They don't have their superstar in Zion Williamson, but they've been hanging tough, and Brandon Ingram's been playing pretty good. Valanchunas has, has been playing pretty good. And uh, they had it 2-2 at the Suns, but it was a, a statement win by the Suns in Game 5. Is there anything that can help New Orleans hang on in this series, though, if Devin Booker's back? No. <laughs> unless unless Zion Williamson gets incredibly into shape, loses 30 pounds, and doesn't blow out any more Nikes, it ain't happening. I just uh, I just think Devin Booker coming back, that's just the cherry on top of the Sunday. Good night. Moving on to the next round. Sort of a similar situation with the game in Toronto, right? Which, by the way, the Raptors and 76ers game has tipped already. It's on NBA TV. It's the end of the first quarter. Philadelphia up 34-29. Um, Joel Embiid has been just so, so good this year. And uh, I think that it, it's just proof that if you have better complementary pieces, how much it can help a guy, especially a big guy like him, there's nothing to really indicate that the Sixers will be doing anything but just moving on, right? Toronto's, I mean, I actually am impressed with what Toronto has done done since they lost Kawhi Leonard. Like, since Kawhi Leonard left for L.A. before last season, you thought, okay, well, you know, how far can Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet get you? Well, I mean, they won 48 games this year. They still have a great home court advantage. And, uh, you know, they took a couple games from the 76ers in this series. But still, I just think that when you have a... Top five guy like Joel Embiid is right now. It's, it's, it's hard to overcome hard. in the first round. It's hard to overcome. It really is. And I think, I like what you said, Coulter. I think Joel Embiid has grown up a lot. Yes. Uh, I think his, I think the body and the mind met this season. For sure. Um, and you can kind of see it. I think him not having his former point guard there anymore uh, opens the floor up and allows sure. them to. And you pl- also eliminate toxicity from your life and sometimes you thrive. You took the word out of my mouth. Locker room venom. It's gone. And look what happens. The flowers grow, known as the 76ers. The thing that's crazy is I think if they got rid of James Harden and Tobias Harris, who are like two of their probably five best players, I think they'd be better too. I think Embiid is reaching this point in his career that we haven't seen really for a true big man. And Jokic is is in the same vein as a big guy, but he does so many different things. He doesn't really play. Totally. He plays like the point center position rather than Embiid is like a true center. And I just think that... He's reached this point now where if you just want to get on and hold on, he can get you there, man. Like I just think if he if you if you take off James Harden and you take off Tobias Harris and you give ten more shots a game to Joel Embiid, I mean, why not? Why is he not going thirty five and fourteen? I mean, I just I feel like he's the first guy since who? Probably Shaq. Shaq that, that could actually do that. So I just think that he's good enough right now. But also I think that window of him being good enough is only right now for a little bit more. I don't know, man. I. I think you could put other really good players around him. I just don't think that isolation James Harden dribble the ball till it's flat is the best guy for Joel Embiid. No, but I do think it's good because then it having someone up top and someone like Embiid down low, you balance the floor a bit more. Sure. And then you have less cheating cheating helping defense on you know, yeah. to double down on him. Harden creates whoever's on it it takes a defender away. Uh, f- to help on the on, on the other end. Um, even though I'm not the biggest Harden fan, Harden helps Embiid immensely. It's true, and Harden did pass. I mean, he led the league in assists this year, so it's hard to say he's too much of a ball hog. But it's, I just find it, I mean, 
I guess the ceiling for Joel Embiid as an offensive player, the guy won the scoring title this year. People forget that because LeBron didn't play enough games. Joel Embiid wins the scoring title this year. I just feel like if you didn't have high-volume players on his team and instead had more like shooters and stuff to surround surround him with, man, I mean, he could have transcendent scoring numbers. Even just, I mean, if you're already averaging 31 a game, two, three more buckets, all of a sudden you're up there in like mid-80s Michael Jordan territory. Yeah, that's called rarefied air. Literally, pun intended, kids. The last question for I have, on, I guess I got two more questions. For Kick you. it. But but first, the the late game tonight is is the uh, Jazz and the Mavs. Yeah. The Mavs have come storming back since the return of Luka Doncic. Studly. But the Jazz didn't really take advantage of when Doncic was out either. They let Dallas win one of those games, and they were competitive the whole way along. So if Dallas wins this series. Which they could do if they, they win could. in Utah tonight. What do you do if you're the Jazz? Because you've had this core now with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Bogdan Bogdanovich. What do you do? Because you got to make trades. You got to move. Stuck, right? you're, you're stuck. It's, uh, you have that much talent and can't get past first or second round year in and year out. You're bogged down for sure. You're you're, you're sort of like the. Uh, uh, the Indiana Pacers of the nineties. Like true. you it's just you just you got all this talent. You just can't get out of your own way. You just can't get past where you're already at. Like where you're at, this that this might be the ceiling. Like they won fifty games this year. That's good. But they also are just like one and done in the playoffs every year. The thing about the Jazz too is that of all the teams in the league right now, it's basically the Jazz and the Spurs that have never gone down the road of Tankapalooza. When they do revamp, it's revamping, but they don't ever do the burn it down, rebuild. We're going to win 17 games and try to get the number one overall pick. It just doesn't happen. Right? No, I mean, and so it's why they've. I mean, the Jazz have like perennially been like the fifth through seventh seed in the West for like 30 years. 30, but, <laughs> but it goes back to what we were saying two segments ago with football. That's management. That's sure. organizations, sure. and that's constantly. You're, you're not emptying it off the shelves. You're just reloading. You're taking two or three shots. Okay, let's put three more back in. We're not going to empty the gun out. And that's, they're just very steady, eddy, uh, meticulous, and methodical uh, organizations. Nothing flashy about either one of them. Isn't that exactly how, though, you get stuck where you don't ever win a championship? Well, San Antonio was there for a well, while, no, I, right? I, I'm just saying San Antonio would have – I guess what I, I, the reason I included San Antonio there is because they had every excuse in the world – to burn it down after they lost such transcendent players who they got in the draft, right? Like, they drafted David Robinson. They drafted Tim Duncan. They drafted Tony Parker. They drafted Manu Ginobili. So then when all those guys were gone, they co- totally could have just been like, hey, we're going to go totally, you know, just unload everybody. And actually, some would probably argue that they kind of have, but Greg Popovich is such a good coach, and Javante Murray has become such a real-deal player that they haven't completely got by the wayside. But no, I just think the Jazz are in for an interesting situation only because – Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they both have some star power. And mm-hmm. so you're going to have to make some decisions. I don't think I don't think you can sign both those dudes to max contracts and then expect them to win a championship. But maybe maybe if you do they get a little bit better and you can't. I just don't think they're there. I agree. I I think I think you got to move one of them. Right. You got to move one of them to get something else because again, I just use the word bogged down. A lot of log jamming going on in Utah. How about the uh series that has an opportunity to finish up tomorrow. It's the only game Friday night. It's the Memphis Grizzlies at the Minnesota Timberwolves. This series has been really fun, man. I It's like people didn't expect the T-Wolves to compete, but they are competing. 
and it's because of a couple really good young players that have been balling, man. It's like watching good mid-major basketball. For sure. That's what I liken it to. It's like watching, you know, Dayton play Wichita State or something like that. It's just good. I don't want to say fundamentals. is It is the NBA. But it's just good. It's good basketball, and it's fun to watch. Um, I like – I've always had this thing for Memphis. I don't know why. Like, I've just I've, – Interesting. Yeah. I, you know what it was? I, I loved Kemba Walker. Yeah. Like, I loved Kemba Walker, and it was the only thing that ever made me watch Memphis Grizz. And Gasol as well. For sure. You want to download ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Let's talk some more NFL draft. We'll do that. Yes, Take please. Home on your Thursday. Keep it right here. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio with special guest, Raju Zebrook. This guy has in his brain. Gotta love it. Nuanas now. Little Beastie Boys for you here on ESPN Radio. Don't get scared. It's not Friday. Yeah, I guess you probably wouldn't be scared. You'd be very happy. But uh, you, you got used to Rajim rolling through on Fridays. But uh, it's a moving target these days, which we very much love. Love having him in whenever we possibly can here on Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. We we'll also love having you in. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. The NFL Draft starts here in about, oh, 12 minutes, I guess 11 minutes and change. We will roll straight into your coverage here on ESPN Radio. We'll throw it right to the national coverage, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we haven't, I haven't asked much of th- about this. Uh, the highest guy drafted out of the Big Sky Conference over the last 10 years is Cooper Cup. He went number, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, 69 to the Los Angeles Rams out of Eastern Washington in 2016. There's... A young man by the name of Troy Anderson out of Montana State that has taken the draft hype machine by storm. Uh, there's a great article on Yahoo Sports today. I actually, my brother and I were talking about this. It's so interesting to see Troy Anderson get introduced to the world because Brooks called me and he was like, "Bro, is there like ten national outlets writing about most potential second to third round picks?" And I said, "No, because so many of the potential second and third round picks are guys from Georgia and Florida and Alabama and." SC and all that stuff. Troy Anderson has this completely anomalous story, this completely unique story. He's also sort of a novelty as a kid from a 4,000-person town in southwest Montana <laughs> that's uh, you know hours away from anywhere. And so, anyways, the, uh, the article on Yahoo today cited this statistic that said Troy Anderson is the fourth fastest player of over 240 pounds available in the draft in the last 22 years. I thought that was amazing. 
4.42 is an astounding speed for any level of prospect. But the fact that the guy weighs 245, it makes it completely unique. And that's why I think that uh, Troy Anderson's projected as a guy that's going to go between f- the 40s and the 60s. I would be shocked if he was still available after tomorrow's second and third rounds are finished. Agreed. But I also, there's a slim chance, a very slim one, a not big one, but it's not impossible. If Troy Anderson goes tonight, I will not be that surprised. I'd be hyped, but I would not be that surprised because 4-4-2 don't lie, bro, especially when you're that big. And you're not a tight end, receiver, or running back. No, you're a linebacker. You're a linebacker. Who can play safety? You're coming downhill, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last person I saw with the same stats that played could play linebacker and safety was a beautiful ball-headed man that played for the Lobos out of New Mexico and went on to have a pretty okay career for the Chicago Bears. His name was Brian Erlacher. That's a very interesting comp. You're welcome. The comps that I've heard on this show from all the variety of draft people we've had on include Leighton Vander Esch. The parallel there is Leighton Vander Esch was from Riggins, Idaho, a guy that was a small school guy and then went to Boise State, became a first-round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys. But the thing that's crazy is Troy Anderson's way faster than Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, the other comps I've heard are Blake Martinez, who came out of Wisconsin nice. to play for Green Bay. And Mark, the Giants. I, I hope, though, that if well, no matter where Troy Anderson goes, I hope he's not used like Blake Martinez was with Green Bay. Blake Martinez is a very rangy, fast, athletic linebacker, and he got stuck right at Mike for the Green Bay Packers, he had 150 tackles every year. But half the time, it was making the tackle six yards down the field, and, you know, he's the beetle waving at the clouds. He's not He's not the one enforcing the contact, and he got hurt a lot because of that. I think the Giants are going to use him more on the edge, which caters to his speed. But that's a good comp, and I hope he's not used by that. But I, I also think that Brian Urlacher is a great comp. Well, well, hey, I do my homework. Jeff Choate, a former Montana State head football coach, he said that. He told me that he thinks that Troy Anderson, that Brian Urlacher is a comp because of uh, their speed and, and their instincts and their intellect. So it's an interesting comp as well. Yeah, well, and he also, a lot of people don't remember, but Urlacher played a little safety too in For college. Sure. So uh, when you're able to cover that much ground and are, are that – I don't want to say disposable, but are multifaceted. For sure. Your your stock goes up exponentially. That's why I think that if, if Troy Anderson, if like if the New England Patriots drafted Troy Anderson at number 27 this tonight. He has a career. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me because they would do something like that where they see a guy who's a project. Here's the craziest part about Troy Anderson. He's a top 50 talent in this draft, period, period. because of his gifts, his athleticism, and his ability to learn things. He also, quite frankly, isn't very good at any of the positions he's played in college because he had to play five positions. He never got to develop at any of them. But the Patriots would develop him at as many positions as they possibly could, including probably finding his best primary position. But then he could also be like uh, Mike Brable, Rob Nikovich, Patrick Chung, guys that play a little bit. Sean Lee. Sean Lee. I mean, Sean Lee's another good one as well. You hope also he doesn't have. That's the thing. The injuries. That's the part about it is if you are a a long and lean, rangy, fast linebacker that then gets forced to play in the box in the mess, that's when you have a hard time because you're going to get eaten up, and that's what's happened to Sean Lee. That's what's happened to Blake Martinez. I hope that doesn't happen to Troy Anderson. I hope somebody sees him more as a giant Buda Baker. They could play him way Good more. One. They could play him like more I as like, like the rover in space. You know what I mean? Like be the guy that plays on the edge because you don't have to worry about. He's not just fast for an edge guy. He's fast. Fast period. He's four four fast, so he can play big nickel. He could play that rover safety spot. I think that would actually be where he could have the most longevity and and the longest career. Yeah, I would. Yeah, ooh, I like that. I ooh, now you got me thinking about him for sure. 
I'm thinking I'm in a different stratus right now. I'm not going to make any sort of prediction that uh, he's going to get picked tonight because I don't think that's true. But no. But if, if he does, don't be as shocked as a lot of the pundits will be. But I do think that by tomorrow, which, by the way, the NFL draft starts at 5 p.m. tomorrow, so we'll throw you right into coverage at 6 tomorrow evening. Uh, I do think if he was available going into Saturday, that would be shocking. And also, the last thing we'll say about Troy Anderson before we got to get out of here is there's been more than 250 guys with Montana roots that have gone to the NFL, whether that's guys that grew up in Montana, stayed in state, and then went to the NFL, guys that grew up in Montana, went out of state for college, and then went to the NFL, or guys that came to Montana for college and then went to the NFL. 250-plus guys that have done that. Troy Anderson, though, is from Montana and stayed in Montana and there's been guys that have done that that have gone to the NFL, but the highest drafted of those guys was Croy Bierman back in 2008. He was the 154th pick, a guy from Harden. What round? At the fifth round. So Troy Anderson set to become. Where did Lex go? Lex went in the sixth round. Sixth round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Shan Schillinger went in the sixth round. Mark Mariani went in the seventh round. Mike Person from Montana State went in the seventh round. Where did Scott Gregg go? Scott Gregg's from Oregon. Big, uh, so I'm talking guys that went to Montana high schools and stayed in state. There's Thatcher. That's Thatch was not drafted. Not drafted. He was uh, an undrafted guy, but then made his way to the Baltimore Ravens, played several years in the yep. NFL. Okay. So okay. uh it, actually if you go all the way back, uh, this is in the uh the the Super Bowl era since nineteen sixty seven. Actually, this is the real answer to the trivia question. The highest drafted guy to ever go to a Montana high school and then also a Montana college was Milt Popovich, the Butte Missile. He was a outstanding All-American running back for the Grizzlies during the Great Depression in the mid-1930s. He was the number 15 overall pick by the Chicago Cardinals in the 1938 NFL Draft. Back when they played world championships. Cr- crazy that uh, the Cardinals at that moment, I guess the NFL Draft at that moment, there's only 10 picks in the first round. So Popovich was the 15th pick, but was a second-round pick. That was interesting as well. Look at this fountain. Of information. Uh, Troy Anderson also could become the highest-drafted Montana State player of the modern Ooh. era as well. Joey Thomas was a late third-round pick, I believe, in the in the early 70s by the Green Bay Packers back in 2003. So uh, a lot to be had for Dylan's famous son. For Rajim Seabrook, I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're going right into the NFL draft. We will see you tomorrow, 4 p.m., from the Gray Wolf Peak Casino. Hall of Famers galore. We'll see you then. Nuanas now. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.